This one's going to be dramatic, if I had to guess. It's, it's as hotly contested as I can remember. Welcome back to the NFL on Fox podcast presented by Verizon. I am Dave Hellman and Super Bowl week continues. Feels like I'm seeing so much of y'all this week with the festivities and I, I, I'm thrilled about it. And it's award season at that. We're not going to let the Grammys and the Oscars steal all of the shine. NFL honors is on deck. Got a special award episode Today, where we're going to go through what you, the fans, think about the NFL's award winners. And we'll be back to recap actual NFL honors taking place tonight. So we'll be back Friday to take a look at everything that happens in the real event. Like I keep saying, you're going to want to make sure you're here for all of it. We'll take you up to the Super Bowl preview. The matchup we will be here to recap Super Bowl 58 as well. Whoever wins between the 49ers and the Chiefs on Sunday night. You're going to want to be tuned in for all of it. Make sure you are following following us on all of your social channels, NFL on Fox Pod. That's the handle wherever you prefer to get it. Instagram, the Bird X app, whatever they're calling it these days. All the, all the social apps, you can find us there. Obviously, you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts, wherever you get your NFL news. We're there. You know that, too, because you helped us vote for these fan awards that we're going to go through today calling it the fox nfl awards it's as voted on by you our wonderful fans our wonderful listeners giving you a little little preview of what to expect when the nfl finally hands out these these regular season honors i keep forgetting that you know there's so much that's happened in the postseason but yes this is for the regular season nfl mvp Defensive player of the year, offensive player of the year, offensive rookie, defensive rookie. You, you know how it goes. We're going to walk you through the seven major awards with the four finalists that we selected. Obviously, social media limits the number of candidates you can have. The actual NFL honors will have five candidates for all of these awards. We gave y'all four options and let you vote on it. And we're going to go through those winners right now. And like I said, we'll be back on Friday to talk about who actually won, see if there were any surprises, see if it went according to the script that we laid out. I, th I have a feeling we're going to be pretty accurate. So without further ado, let's get into it. Let's do our little NFL honors preview. And where else would you start but the NFL MVP conversation? That's the one that gets all the oxygen. We had four candidates. It's worth mentioning Christian McCaffrey, IRL in real life is also one of these candidates, but we left it to the quarterbacks because let's be honest, let's look at recent history, suggest it's going to be a quarterback. It was Lamar Jackson, it was Dak Prescott, Josh Allen, and of course, Super Bowl participant Brock Purdy, all up for our NFL MVP. And I don't think you're going to be surprised by the results, but maybe let's, let's get a drum roll. Can we? Yeah, yeah, there we go. And the winner is... Reveal it for me. Uh, yeah, of course. It's it's Lamar Jackson. He was actually our midseason winner. So the NFL on Fox listeners, consistent, if nothing else, a very deserving season for Lamar Jackson. I think he wrapped this thing up when he beat San Francisco on Christmas night, played phenomenally in that game. Two touchdowns, 250, uh, 252 yards, 
led the Ravens to that big win in the Bay. Number one seed. We're going to talk about this. We have Carmen Vitale coming on later to, to kind of recap all of these awards. It's interesting the way the postseason colors what happens here because we accepted Lamar was going to win this award a long, long time ago. And it's, it's deserving. What the Ravens did on offense this year, they got more out of Lamar as, as a true passer. Of course, what he does as a runner is always going to be important, but they, they wanted to get away from the Greg Roman offense that not only was so focused on the run, but put him in harm's way. They got back to, to a more traditional wide open passing scheme and you see the results. I mean, they're not gaudy numbers, but 3,600 passing yards, 24 touchdowns, just seven interceptions to go along with his rushing production. It's a more than fitting MVP season for his second NFL MVP. But I know the critics are going to have something to say about what happened in the playoffs. And honestly, in what was kind of an anticlimactic season for NFL MVP, it played out that way in the postseason as well. Obviously, Dak Prescott, not a memorable showing against Green Bay in the playoffs. Josh Allen played wonderfully against Kansas City, but came up short in the very end, in the final moments of that game. And of course, Brock Purdy, a wonderful season he is splitting votes with another NFL MVP candidate. I think that works against him at the end of the day. We're going to talk about this with Carmen because if ever there was a season for the league to deviate from the norm of awarding it to a quarterback, it might be this year. I still don't think I would expect that to be what happens. Lamar Jackson, I think he wins his second NFL MVP on Thursday night, and I think it would be very deserving. All right, let's keep it moving because... If Lamar is going to win NFL MVP, I don't think he was good enough to get a clean sweep of the major offensive awards. The next one would be NFL Offensive Player of the Year. Obviously, you know one of them is going to be Tyreek Hill, who was on pace for a 2,000-yard season. Came up a little bit short thanks to injury at the end. Christian McCaffrey, who I think deserves a little bit more shine in the NFL MVP conversation, 1,400 rushing yards, took over in the playoffs this year. Obviously, you got Dak Prescott winning his first, or excuse me, earning his first uh, all-pro quarterback designation, led the league in touchdown passes, and a big part of that, C.D. Lamb, 1,700 receiving yards, two-time all-pro, two Cowboys on the list. All right, I'm curious to see, because again, it, it looked like Tyreek Hill was a shoe-in but let's, let's do the drum roll and see how these results play out here. Yeah, that's not exactly surprising. Christian McCaffrey, 67% of y'all's vote. He runs away with NFL Offensive Player of the Year. And that, that feels like the strategy these days is if a guy's not quite good enough or not quite there to win MVP, you give him Offensive Player of the Year. No disrespect to Brock Purdy or any of the other monsters on that Niners offense, but I think McCaffrey proved in the postseason that he's the engine that this thing revolves around. Getting that run game going, what he can also offer you in the receiving game, 1,400 rushing yards, 14 rushing touchdowns, seven receiving touchdowns, 564 receiving yards, basically a 2,000-yard season. Not, not quite there, but... You know, I'll, I'll give it to him for all intents and purposes. It's hilarious to think back to 
the trade for Christian McCaffrey two Octobers ago and how risky it seemed, not quite. I think the Niners would go back. Not only would they do it all over again, they'd probably pay even more if they had to. A very worthy winner. And then on the flip side, defensive player of the year. This one's going to be dramatic if I had to guess. It's it's as hotly contested as I can remember. You've got... Miles Garrett, the all-star edge rusher that was the face of the Cleveland Browns defense. T.J. Watt, same could be said in Pittsburgh. Two playoff teams there. Micah Parsons, who just just has flown onto the scene, 13-plus sacks in every season of his career to this point. And Max Crosby, who might be the best all-around against the pass and the run in the league out in Las Vegas. Let me get a drum roll here. Ooh, and ooh, okay, this is surprising because, okay, 37% of the vote, it's clearly a very hotly contested conversation, but it is TJ Watt that y'all voted for. He is our fan winner for Defensive Player of the Year. We're actually, we're going to talk about this in greater detail with Carmen Vitale, so I'll just, I'll leave this one for that because it's, it's spicy, I think, the debate, particularly between TJ Watt and Miles Garrett. So we'll we'll save that for later on in the show. Let's keep it pushing for the offensive rookie of the year award. I think this one is going to be fairly easy. Houston quarterback CJ Stroud, LA receiver Puka Nakua for the Rams, Bijan Robinson of the Falcons, obviously you knew he would be here, and Sam LaPorta, the phenomenal young tight end for the Detroit Lions. Can I get a drum roll? 62.2% of the vote comes in for C.J. Stroud. Honestly, I'm surprised it's that low. Yes, Puka Nakua was incredible, record-setting season, but it's just a bad year to go up against a guy that revitalized a franchise, and that is what C.J. Stroud did. Do not underestimate just how terrible the vibes were in Houston prior to his arrival when you think back to the Deshaun Watson scandal, Deshaun Watson, even before he got traded, not wanting to play for the Texans, just years and years of bad vibes. The Back when Bill O'Brien was the coach, trading players away like DeAndre Hopkins, the power struggle at the top. Vibes were awful. Houston was a punch, uh, a punchline for years and years. And C.J. Stroud has them looking like one of the premier destinations in the league after one season. It's hard to argue with that. I love Puka Nakua. You know on this show we love Puka Nakua after Peter Schrager tipped us about him before the season. But it's just hard to argue with the impact that Stroud has had in H-Town. Very deserving winner. I'd be shocked if he doesn't win it at NFL Honors. On the flip side, will his teammate win Defensive Rookie of the Year? Because he is one of the uh, contenders for it. Will Anderson Jr., the edge rusher for the Texans, going up against Philadelphia defensive tackle Jalen Carter, as well as Seattle defensive back Devin Witherspoon, and a late push from L.A. Rams defensive tackle Kobe Turner, who kind of came out of nowhere in the second half of the year. Glad to see him get some recognition. But let's see what y'all thought about NFL defensive rookie of the year. It is, in fact, a sweep. 45% of the vote going to Will Anderson Jr. We're going to talk about this with Carmen Vitale as well. I'm going to talk, again, uh, some some late pushes coming from some other contenders because it did. It looked like a two-horse race between Anderson and Carter for much of the year. Clearly not the case with Devin Witherspoon finishing second in this poll, so we will talk about that in just a few minutes. But let's keep it pushing for 
coach of the year, which once once again, I think is the hardest category, the hardest it's ever been to settle this. Usually there's a guy that stands out above the rest. We don't even have enough room for all of this. And for that matter, one of our finalists isn't even an official finalist. So we have Houston head coach D'Amico Ryans. Surprise, surprise, Houston. Colts head coach Shane Steichen, who is not an official finalist. Lions head coach Dan Campbell and Browns head coach Kevin Stefanski. The NFL actually included... Kyle Shanahan of the 49ers and John Harbaugh of the Baltimore Ravens. Not surprising at all. Just because you coach a good team doesn't mean you can't do a fantastic job. They're both worthy finalists. But I think it's absolutely nuts that Shane Steichen didn't make it as an official finalist after turning around a woeful Colts team that didn't even have their starting quarterback, had them within a win of the playoffs, finished with a winning record despite having a top five pick the year before. I can't say enough about how impressed I was with Shane Steichen. So I'm glad we have him as a finalist, even if the league doesn't. I think you could also make a case for Matt LaFleur. There's there's several guys that you could talk about that that just we don't have room to give them their shine. How about the job that Todd Bowles did in Tampa Bay, a team that a lot of people wrote off making the playoffs, making the second round of the playoffs. It's as deep of a field of Coach of the Year candidates as I can remember, but somebody's got to win. So without further ado, let me get the drum roll here. 55.7% of the vote. That actually, that feels high to me again, but it goes to D'Amico Ryans. All of these guys are worthy winners. D'Amico, again, showing up, overseeing the draft process that landed C.J. Stroud, then swinging the trade for Will Anderson. I don't think they regret that. Houston defense has come a long way. A lot of exciting young talent there. Can't say enough about the way the culture in Houston has changed, and that's obviously due in big part to D'Amico Ryan. So no no argument here. I got, I got nothing to say about that. I think anybody that would have won this award would have been worthy, although – just just 3% for Shane Steichen. I mean, come on, people. And even Kevin Stefanski, just 8%? Guy started five quarterbacks this year and got to the playoffs. I am, 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 Tough field. Tough field, but apparently a tough crowd, too. All right, let's keep it pushing. One more to talk about, and that would be interesting result in our Comeback Player of the Year award. Our finalists, DeMar Hamlin, Buffalo Bills safety, obviously. You got... L.A. Rams quarterback Matthew Stafford coming coming back from an injury-plagued season last year. Tampa quarterback Baker Mayfield with his resurgence for the Buccaneers. And Joe Flacco getting off the couch at the age of 38 and guiding the Cleveland Browns to the playoffs. Hit me with the drum roll here. And th- this is, okay, this is wild to me if you're not watching Baker Mayfield wins our fan poll. 46.4% of y'all thought Baker Mayfield was a worthy winner of this award. And I I say how. Joe Flacco finished in second with 30% of the vote. And I say how. Joe Flacco himself a few weeks ago said, I came back from being old and not having played a lot of football. Baker Mayfield, look. I think the world of the guy. I was high on the Bucks at the start of the season. You can go back and find it. Baker Mayfield was amazing this year. 4,000 passing yards, 28 touchdowns. He sure as hell earned himself a bigger contract than the one he signed last year. 
But coming back from being on bad teams? Yeah, I mean, the league might have written him off a little bit, but how does that compare to a guy whose heart stopped on the playing field, y'all? I, I mean, come on. I know, look, I, I, I feel like DeMar Hamlin's story has been well covered at this point. Maybe for some of y'all, fatigue sets in, I guess. Maybe you get tired of hearing about it, which I, I mean, I think is crazy because it's, it's one of the more poignant things that's ever happened in the NFL, not just the moment, but the way that the training staff responded to it, the way the medical personnel responded to it to keep him alive. Yeah, I know DeMar Hamlin appeared in five games and he made two tackles. I know he didn't have a significant impact on the Buffalo Bills season. His heart stopped on an NFL playing field, and then he was back in uniform playing for that team later that same year because the incident happened in January. So not even a full calendar year goes by and the guy comes back from a brush with death. Like I said, maybe you're tired of hearing about it, but this, I don't care. This is just one of those circumstances where it's amazing. No matter how many times you talk about it and he could have never, he could have been inactive for every week, but the fact that he was healthy enough to be on the roster and even, yeah, I can hear the more cynical people among you saying, oh, well, the, the Bills had to do that because it's not a feel-good story otherwise. The fact that it's even remotely possible, like the fact that he's in good enough condition to even go through the motions, like just to run around on a football field, it's incredible. And I say that as somebody who loves Baker Mayfield. I'm super happy for him. But y'all got this wrong. I don't, I don't know what else to say. DeMar Hamlin should win uh, comeback player of the year and he's going to win it and if at NFL honors if I had to guess so with that I will take a step off of my soapbox but come on y'all let's let's not lose the plot here in terms of magnitudes of coming back from things all right that does it for my spiel but like I said I had some help breaking down some of these awards some of the juicier topics here from my good friend Carmen Vitale who's actually in Las Vegas at Super Bowl 58. All right, well, before we get to the, the purpose for the show, which is we're, we're talking about the, the, the fan vote of, the, of these NFL fan awards, but we're joined now by Carmen Vitale, who will actually be in attendance tonight when the real awards are handed out. Carm, how is Las Vegas going? It's as hectic as ever, but honestly, going back to, I think a conversation you and I had already about the Super Bowl being in Vegas, I had an Uber driver that had no idea the Super Bowl was even here because this is just kind of like a regular week for Vegas. It's so well equipped to handle this many people here. It just kind of feels like every other time I've been. <laughs> I was shocked at first when you said that. And then I was thinking through it while you were talking. I was like, no, that probably makes sense. Cause like, what are the indicators that a big event is in town? Oh, there's a lot of banners everywhere. There's billboards. There's there's extra people. There's people wearing a lot of gear. Like, yeah, doesn't that happen every other day in Las Vegas? Yeah, the Uber driver, I was like, oh, it, like they were like, oh, it's kind of, it is kind of busy. And they're like, yeah, there's something going on at T-Mobile Arena because there was an Oilers uh, Vegas Golden Knights game. And I was like, nope, that wasn't it. That's, that's not the reason. <laughs> it's a little bit busier. So... I mean, it's 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 about to hit a fever pitch, I would assume, starting with NFL honors tonight. What what are you looking forward to the most as you hit the red carpet here? I know it's going to be interesting. It's 
I think there's going to be a lot of now that we're talking about the influx of people that come in for Super Bowl week, you're going to see all kinds on the red carpet. That's going to be really fun. I always enjoy kind of the sound bites that come from the red carpet because it's kind of a loose environment and you're walking in these fancy dresses and suits. And I love the style and the fashion and stuff that everybody likes to bring in. Uh, the the show itself, I mean, Keegan-Michael Keegan Key is hosting. Uh, he's really funny. I actually saw him at the NFC Championship game on the sidelines right before the game, uh, dapping up all of the Detroit players and coaches because he was in a Detroit jersey. So I have to imagine there's going to be some very interesting uh, Detroit jokes coming from his monologues and stuff like that. Oh, maybe just, to, yeah, maybe take a couple shots at Dan Campbell as if he hasn't heard it enough here over the last week or two. No, poor All guy. Right. You're going to see the actual awards and we'll be here to break it down on Friday morning who actually wins. But I am interested to talk to you about the results of our of our fan awards and, and what our fans think and what to expect heading into this, who might win these awards. And of course, we're going to start with MVP, and look, I get it. It's it's a regular season award. But Lamar Jackson is he's our fan award winner. I think it's very likely he will get the the actual trophy on Thursday night. Doesn't that just kind of feel like one of the most anticlimactic MVP awards ever, though. And like I said, it's a regular season award, but the way the Ravens went out in the playoffs, you see Dak Prescott, also a finalist. We know how he went out in the playoffs. Josh Allen played great against the Chiefs, but fell short as well. A lot of turnovers this season. I mean, am I crazy if this maybe felt like the year, and I'm looking in hindsight for sure, but this felt like a year where maybe you could have gotten away with giving it to a Christian McCaffrey. I had the exact same thought because I don't want to diminish anything that Lamar Jackson has done for his team. They did reach the AFC championship, which is not nothing, not to mention Lamar put up career numbers in not only passing yards, but then he coupled that with still 871 rushing yards this year. And despite the fact that they didn't run him as much as they usually have over the last few seasons, Lamar had the, I think his average per game was 51.3 rushing yards per game, which is his, his lowest since 2018, which was his rookie year. Um, I don't want to diminish any of that. At the same time, I think you're totally right that we should just rename this award a quarterback award then. If we're not, if if a year like this can't see a guy like Christian McCaffrey get into the main conversation about MVP, then I don't I don't know when it's ever gonna happen anymore or going forward. We should just rename MVP uh the best quarterback in the league. McCaff award. McCaffrey had 260 all-purpose yards and four touchdowns in the 49ers playoff wins and like it's a regular season award I'll say it one more time I get it but hindsight being 2020 I mean Lamar Jackson a worthy winner in the fan vote as well as the real vote I think if you're a Ravens fan or if you're the Ravens you've got to be encouraged about what he did in Todd Monken's offense hey he stayed healthy as well by the way a big deal considering how his last two seasons have gone you got to feel good about where he's going, but it, it, it's a disappointing way to hand out an MVP award when it felt like so many of these quarterbacks faltered in the home stretch. All right. Another one I want to talk about, which I know that you are passionate about. I feel like everybody is because this this is the toughest one for me. And it's defensive player of the year as hotly contested as I could ever remember. And what's interesting to me our fans went with T.J. Watt, which is by no means 
a, a bad decision. TJ Watt led the league in sacks. He had 19 of them. It's interesting to me that in a year where a guy on a playoff team who had 19 sacks isn't a slam dunk. What do you think? Yeah, it is interesting. And I think it speaks to maybe people are starting to kind of look past the gaudy stats. At least that's what I look at when I look at the the, the finalists for this kind of award where I'm like, how much did you mean to your team? How much did you affect the game? That's more of the intangible stuff that you have numbers to back it up, but it goes so far beyond just who's leading in sacks. Someone who hasn't been in the defensive player of the year conversation, and I cannot believe, uh, is Trey Hendrickson, the Bengals rusher, pass rusher, because he is second in the league in sacks with Josh Allen from the Jaguars at 17 and a half. So I don't know why that kind of went so under the radar, probably because the Bengals weren't very good as soon as Joe Burrow went down. The Jaguars absolutely imploded. So, I mean, that makes sense for why Josh Allen kind of didn't get the buzz that he probably deserved. But this is a guy like Trey Hendrickson has not gotten any of the credit that I think he's warranted over the last couple of seasons. So I I, I was blown away, honestly, when I kind of looked back at the stats and I looked back at, you know, what these guys meant to their teams. And Trey Hendrickson is clear by far and away the most important guy on that Bengals defense, which wasn't bad either. I deeply so appreciate I, you giving I, Trey his love, like on a, on a I national, no, one no, on a national platform, on a national show. Yeah. Like, I don't know how many people outside of Cincinnati are talking about how good he is. And he's certainly look, I mean, our finalists, you got to shout out Max Crosby for the season that he had on a bad Raiders Absolutely. team. Micah Parsons, it felt like he kind of faded down the stretch, but but surely one of the best pass rushers. But you're right, Trey Hendrickson is right here in this group. So shout out for you to you for mentioning that. But the interesting thing for me is this this is going to be like the the culmination or or the flashpoint in a war that's been going on in the AFC North all year, and it's that. In the, in the in the vote on Thursday, NFL honors, I fully expect Miles Garrett to win. And that yeah. is that's with five fewer sacks than TJ Watt. And it's going to be he's so less, he's got less sacks than Max Crosby. He's yeah. team. But he's yeah. second in the league in pass rush win rate, and he's second in the league in double team percentage. So despite being the guy that everybody keys on to stop the Cleveland Browns, it's done nothing to limit his impact. And obviously the Browns were one of the best defenses in the league all season, got to the playoffs despite starting five quarterbacks. I I'm, I mean, it, it's going to be fascinating if he wins with clearly not as good counting stats as TJ Watt. And like I said, I think that is, that's the debate that's been raging all year is do you go for the big obvious stats or do you go for the analytical impact? I think Miles Garrett's going to win, and I think he would be a deserving winner. Yeah. But at the same time, I think it's very justifiable that TJ Watt is a defensive player of the year. I mean, he's already won it before. If he comes and, away I mean, with it for real like, on Thursday, that's totally justified as well. Not like Pittsburgh's offense was clicking, had the best quarterback situation. I mean, th this was a team that, again, finished with a winning record because Mike Tomlin has never not had a winning record. And a lot of it had to do with that defense. And when you think of that defense, who do you think of? You think of TJ Watt. And you're right. You can say the exact same thing about Miles Garrett in that the way that they affect the game, this is who you game plan for. This is how you have to contend with the Cleveland Browns because of the 
again, quarterback situation. And the reason that the Browns made it as far as they did was absolutely because of that defense that was completely shut down, a shutdown defense. There's so much talent on that side of the ball and they were so, so effective. So I, it's gotta be between those two guys. And I'm happy though it is because we are taking things into account, like their impact on each game rather than just sack numbers. As if that rivalry needed any more juice, Browns Browns Steelers is going to have even more when this award gets announced, I'm guessing. All right, let's wrap it up with another one. Tough to call, and I know you feel passionately about one of these guys. It's the Defensive Rookie of the Year Award. Our fans voted for Houston defensive end Will Anderson Jr., a very worthy winner. Obviously, he's one of the faces of that turnaround in Houston Seven sacks on the season for a team that made the playoffs. But I'm just going to give you the floor because the guy that finished second in this vote, I think, is definitely deserving of some shine. And that would be Seattle DB Devin Witherspoon. Yeah, it's fitting that we're doing a couple of defensive categories, just given the fact I grew up in Chicago. I grew up a defensive girl because the Bears didn't have much offense to speak of as I grew. <laughs> you got to go with so, what you know, right? Always, what? You got to go with what you know. I got to go with what you know. Uh, this is something very near and dear to my heart. And Devin Witherspoon, again, just the impact that he had on this Seattle defense. And I know that, you know, it was very up and down in for the Seahawks. Obviously, Pete Carroll is now out. But defensively, Devin Witherspoon affected every aspect of the game. Not only did he have 79 combined tackles as a rookie, but... He had an interception. He had a fumble recovery or a fumble force fumble rather. And then he had eight tackles for loss and what three sacks. So as a DB, this is, it's a testament to the Seattle, to Seattle system. It's a testament to their defense and how much they get everybody involved in the pass rush. But I mean, when you're talking across the board stats and you're talking about Devin Witherspoon being absolutely everywhere for this Seahawks defense, I don't, I, I just, I think that he deserves so much shine. And I think that again, defensive awards, as we see with defensive player of the year, they're so skewed towards pass rushers and for good reason too. I mean, these guys are the ones that get all the gaudy stats. They're the ones that you know, you see the most, most of the time, but I, I, I want, I want some of these coverage guys to, to get some of their shine as well. And to make, I mean, both Will Anderson and Devin Witherspoon made the pro bowl as rookies. They're both deserving candidates, but I just, Love Devin Witherspoon, and it probably helps that he's an Illinois guy. I don't know. Maybe there's like a little inherent bias in there, but I I think that he deserves a shine, and I'm happy to see that he at least finished second in the fan voting, and we're going to see. I think he's got a really good shot for tonight's ceremony as being named Defensive Rookie of the Year. Even if he's not, I have a feeling he's going to get all the shine he needs next year with Mike McDonald coming to Seattle. And we oh saw gosh. we saw that what he did for yeah. we saw what he did for Kyle Hamilton. I have a feeling he's got similar plans in mind for Witherspoon. I think it'll it'll be Will Anderson. It's worth mentioning Jalen Carter as well. Obviously, he had a phenomenal season in Philly, yep. though it did kind of feel like he faded down the stretch a bit. A worthy winners all over the place, but. I, I'm I'm interested to see. I, I would expect it's Will Anderson, maybe Devin Witherspoon. Maybe maybe our fans are reflecting a real life shift. We'll have to wait and see. Carm, that's all the time we got with you. We know you got a busy, busy schedule in Vegas. Please have have some fun for me. Let me know how NFL honors goes, and I'll chat with you soon. All right. 
Cool. Cheers. Thanks again to Carmen for the assist. Thanks to all of y'all for voting on our awards. We will see how it pans out. Obviously, NFL honors tonight. We will be back to recap what actually happens with the awards this evening for the Friday show. And, of course, plenty more 49ers Chiefs to talk about as we inch closer and closer to the big game. You're going to want to stay tuned for all of that. Like I said, we're on all of the socials, NFL on Fox Pod. You can find us there. You can find us on Spotify. You know the drill. You can find us on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe to the YouTube channel if you haven't. Make sure you see my beautiful mug up here talking about all these topics. You know the drill. You know where to find us. We appreciate it so much. And we will be back Friday breaking down NFL honors as well as Niners Chiefs. Appreciate it. I'll talk to you all then.